Today is November 11th, 2020, and this is Sam walking in the world. But more importantly, this is Veterans Day. And I want to stop before I say anything else and give a heartfelt thank you to all of those who have fought and are fighting to protect our freedom and our Constitution. Without it, none of this would be possible. I would likely not even be, be able to say what I'm saying now. So a heartfelt thank you. Milky says thank you as well. Anyway, this is Sam Walking in the World, episode 34. It is the fastest growing podcast in all of Null Top Terrace. And as always, the thoughts of a guy who used to be unhappy, just trying to live like he wants to be when he dies. Guten Tag, Kihora, Ni Hao, top of the morning. Big fat hello to all my listeners throughout four continents and both hemispheres. I'm grateful to all of you, and as always, I'm thrilled as ever to hear you listening to the sound of my voice. Now, before I go on, I have to say, Funaticheski periwoperiet to my new Russian listener. And I have to say, I have a new Canadian listener as well, so uh, glad you're out there, eh? The show keeps on growing by leaps and bounds, as Rush would say. So I have a ton for you today. Um, I have uh, I played hooky um, yesterday. Um, I was it was legal hooky. I had an excuse. I went to the dentist, um, but I had much of the day um, after that, and um, I found that I'm not very good at playing hooky. I'll give you more details on that. Um, and then I have uh, something new that you can't do gracefully. I'm going to add that to my list, number seven. I'll tell you about that. Um, I am going to talk a lot about politics, as always. This is quite a tumultuous time. It's really an interesting time, really. I feel fine. In fact, I feel great. And um, I realize how little my uh, of my identity is attached to whichever person is president. My heart is with the Constitution. So, um, and I feel like that's going to be fun. But I'll go into all of it in detail. I have a whole bunch of sound bites, uh, so Milky is going to be busy today. His hoof is healing well, in case you were wondering. And he is um, in good spirits and ready to work, and I have plenty of work for him. So, before I go into the political stuff, let me talk first about some stupid stuff. My day playing hooky. Now, two things I noticed yesterday when I set out to start my day. One is that there is a lot of room on the road during the day. And two, it's a good thing because the drivers all seem clueless. I don't know if it's everybody on their way to and from church or they just decided to go use the old automobile. But, oh my gosh, it almost felt more dangerous than when there's a traffic jam. But I made it around safely. Um, but I did notice this. I noticed that my, my nose seemed to be missing the grindstone. Now, I don't consider work a grindstone. I, I don't consider it a grind at all. I love what I do. But it's strange how you can get into routines. And when, the, you know, they say like a... Um, a sled dog is not the same once it's out of the traces. It has certain things that it lives for without even knowing it. And when they're when they're gone or not present 
for a day. Um, they're different, and I felt different yesterday. Um, I felt like the rest of the world was working, and I was like kind of like a, a, a spy in the world of other people working in some weird way, if that makes any sense. But I definitely felt my nose was missing the grindstone. I swam. That took a lot of it away. I got a lot of my energy out. Uh, I swam at a different time than normal, and that was okay with me. My OCD check. Um, so I went to the dentist. Turns out I'm grinding my teeth. I kind of knew it. Um, I notice it consciously, and I don't know if it's grinding as much as just putting pressure on them. And I don't do it when I'm. I don't think I do it when I'm stressed out. I think I do it when I'm deep in thought. Just kind of close my mouth keep it closed really hard and I guess it, apparently it's not good for my molars so I have to wear a mouthpiece I had my teeth whitened like I don't know a year and a half ago and they gave me this mouthpiece that I used to put this the stain you know the stain remover in and they said keep the mouthpiece because you can wear it um, to protect against uh, grinding your molars and I, I didn't do it I mean what does a dentist know anyway? But it turns out I am going to need it. And the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? A mouthpiece while sleeping does sound good because, it, I mean, it sounds right. Because I, I think now as I'm getting older, one of the signs of getting older is that I get hurt in my sleep. I talked about it in a previous episode. Just wake up, my shoulder will be in, injured. God, what did I do? You know, how deep was that dream? I, was, I don't know what, playing football, working at a construction site. But boy. So I'm thinking to myself, and, I, and like I said before, maybe that's why so many people die in their sleep as you get older. It's dangerous. And so now I have a mouthpiece. Make sure I don't damage any of my teeth while I'm sleeping. But, so anyway, I'm going to try and do that. Uh, I got chastised yesterday. And it got me thinking. And it was actually at the pool. When I walked in the door, I wasn't sure uh, if the pool... I knew the pool was open according to the website. But with COVID, you never know. You have to kind of find out by going there. And I went, and um, you have to go past the table. The place I swim is very good, very conscientious at following COVID regulations, which is why they've been able to stay open. We don't have a ton of traffic, so we don't really have to worry about the percent of people you know, being reduced or anything. <clears throat> so I walked in, and I had my mask on. I was doing everything right. But at the table where you're supposed to sign in and they take your temperature. Now, mind you, I've already had my temperature taken because I went into school very, very early because I wanted to kind of set up the day for the substitute teacher. And so in order to enter the building, I had my temperature taken and my COVID check. So... But I don't mind. I mean, I don't mind. It takes two seconds. But there was a kid working the desk, and all I wanted to do was go about, I don't know, 50 feet down the hall and look into the pool just to see if there was a lane open. And, you know, lazily, I said, let me just go take a quick peek. And I peeked, and I found out that there, were, there wasn't any lanes. There weren't any lanes available, and that I would have to come back in like an hour which was fine. It gave me time to spend with my dog. Every time I can surprise her that I'm home and the time I'm not to be home, supposed to be home, she is really happy. So I was like, in my mind, I was like, all right, I'll go do that. But as I was walking back down the hallway from peeking in the pool, one of the managers 
saw me and I know him. He knows me. And he said, hey, Sam. So you can't skate the desk. And it, and I guess I did. I skated the desk. I didn't do my COVID check. And I went and, and was in the building for probably no more than, I don't know, one minute. Um, and, and, and I thought to myself, you know, I've already been COVID checked. And I'm only here for a minute. And I'm probably not staying. And I, and I thought of telling you all that. And then I stopped. Some people are just sticklers or have to be sticklers because of what what might befall them because they're not following regulations of some kind. And it's not just COVID. It could be anywhere. Anywhere where someone is in charge of, of uh, you know, enforcing whatever code or, or whatever rules or whatever regulations there are. There's always the person that has to be a stickler. And they. I think in most cases they have to be a stickler. I don't think they want to. There are some people who want to, and their, you know, their state of mind is their own punishment. But when you do need to be a stickler, need to have a stickler, and before any of that other stuff that would have kind of classified me as an exception to the rule, and I probably would have had a pretty good argument. I was like, what is the point in me making this argument? I'm sure there are probably dozens of people who also try to make this argument, but they are not actually the exception. And it got me just thinking about how much smoother relationships can be with people if you just do the small thing that they're asking you to do, rather than trying to argue for yourself as the exception. It makes the social interaction go way smoother. Yep, you're right. I did skate the desk. Um, uh, next time, no matter how long I'm going to be in the building, I'm going to stop and do the temperature check. And I completely understand that, and I apologize. Oh, no, no, no problem, man. No problem, man. Just, you know, we got to follow this. I totally understand. Smile, smile, end of the interaction. He walks away thinking, well, that guy did something I had to kind of check him on, but he's, he's pretty cool about it. And I think to myself, that guy now doesn't think that I'm a jerk. I'm going to see him again. I'd rather have him look at me and think, that's a guy who, who understands that he's supposed to follow the rules, even if sometimes he makes a mistake. That is such a, a key that can be used in so many locks in your life. In my life, speaking the I form, I realize now that it doesn't make any sense sometimes to fight the stickler. Sticklers out there just looking for people who are going to simply comply. And it makes their life so much easier when people do. But some people have to have to make it the principle of the thing. Nope, it's the principle. I don't need to blah, 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 blah. So my advice here um, to be happier as a person is to do what the stickler is asking you to do. Instead of trying to argue for yourself as the exception, even if you actually are, that's much less important. So, I don't know, take it or leave it. That's my piece of advice on that. Then, I've realized this uh, as I'm driving around. Um, I am at the whims of what I have come to call the gear gods. Gear. G-E-A-R. There's this funny thing that happens from time to time with my jeep it's an automatic so i have to get it out of park slide the fence slide the uh you know the 
gear shifter down into drive and sometimes it just doesn't do it sometimes it'll just get jammed up at the top it'll kind of slide over a little but not far enough in order to be able to drag it down the L of the gearbox and um, I don't know why I had it looked at and there appeared to be no problem and uh, then it just started happening again so I know at some point I'm gonna have to bring my Jeep back in because there's some kind of a transmission problem but it almost never happens and I never know when it's going to it happened the other day when I was picking up one of my girls and I had to like just literally sit there on and on, on again off again trying to move it over and then it eventually did it's like kind of looking at a clock it seems to slow down when you look at it but speeds up when you're not so I just didn't think about it for a while we had a little conversation and then I tried it again and it worked but it could literally happen anytime. At least I'm in my car, I think. At least I can lock my car and be in it. And then I am just at the whim of the gear gods. I will take the car in. It's not that I'm lazy or don't have the money. It's just right now I haven't. And um, I try not to let it enter. Usually it enters my mind after the car's already gone in to drive. And I, will, and I think to myself, ooh, thank you. Thank dear God that happened. So I don't know if you have experienced anything similar to that. Um, okay, before I take my break that, uh, and then um, get into some larger stuff, just a couple more things that I want to talk about. One is I'm going to add something to my list of things that you can't do gracefully or quickly. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with this list, maybe you just joined me. Maybe my Russian friend or Canadian friend. Uh, these are things I've discovered in my own life that you can simply not rush to do because they cannot be done gracefully and quickly. One is running in flip-flops. Two is drinking through a cocktail straw. Three is opening a ream of printer paper. Four is getting a wall clock over the nail. Five is walking while holding your dog by the collar. Six is grabbing exact change from your cup holder. And now, introducing seven, getting wet feet into sweatpants. Yep, learned this one yesterday. I mean, I always knew it, but I was reminded of it yesterday. You do the push hard. If I push hard enough, it'll just, it'll, it'll beat the sweats and my foot will just slide in through force. But it doesn't. The more force you apply to the inside of your sweatpants with your wet foot, the harder it digs in. And, I mean, it's, it's as strong or stronger than your ability to push. I think what eventually will happen is you'll pull a muscle or you'll rip the sweatpants. Or your hands will slip and you'll push yourself over, kind of. You'll fall. And one of your hands is occupied, if not both, because they're trying to grab the sweatpants back. Um, sometimes you do the toe point. I'm going to slide these in real fast because I'm going to point my toe. I'm going to get aerodynamics working. Then my, slot, my foot's going to slide right through these sweatpants. Nope. Top of your foot gets caught. Or the heel. And then maybe you try to do the roll-up, but that's a lot of work. Got to reach all the way down there, roll it up my foot, roll the other one up my foot, stand up, sit down, and then unroll it. It's a pretty steep price to pay. And there's really no answer here. There's no solution. You have to just accept that your feet are going to get caught maybe two or three times on the way into the sweatpants. 
before they're done doing the thing, and then you can have your sweatpants on. So I feel your pain. And I'm, I have no doubt this list will continue to be added to. Um, okay, there was one more thing. And this is kind of a weird one, and I'm weird, so I'm going to tell you it. I um, you know what people always say? People always say when they're used to doing something or they've, you know, so the way people would say I've been around the block. Um, I've heard people also say um, this isn't my first rodeo. It's not my first rodeo, dude. In other words, I've done this before. I'm good at this. Don't accuse me of being a, a novice. And I got thinking about rodeos and, and like bullfights and metaphors for what people call themselves. And I started thinking, what am I? It's like in the rodeo or bullfight or whatever. It's like, am I the matador? I'm like, no, I don't really want to kill things. That's really unfair to the bull by the time the matador comes out. I mean, the bull is practically dead. And matador means killer, right? Matar, matare in Italian is to kill or die. So really all he does is come out and stab it in the back of the neck with a sword and it dies. I don't recommend going to one. I went to one in Spain. And, and after the first 15 minutes of seeing how unfair it was, I was rooting for the bull. And then the one bull that was good enough to maybe, I thought he was going to give the... The um, Matador and Picador run for their money. They ended up not even fighting it. It was, it was too good a bull for. They wanted to use his genes, so they were going to make it a breeder. I'm like, yeah, that's what you do when you know you're going to get killed by the bull. Why don't you let it kill you and then go breed it? Anyway, I'm getting off on a tangent, but I was like, I'm not the, I'm not the Matador, and like in a rodeo, I'm not the bull rider either. I don't think, as a metaphor for my life. I mean, I guess I kind of go with the flow, and but I'm more likely the kind of person to like let myself get bucked off the bull and then stand up and go. I'm glad I'm not in that bull anymore. But, you know, take the bull by the horns. I do believe in, in facing challenges head on, uh, but I don't think it's a good idea to grab a bull by the horns. And then I got thinking about it. I'm like, where? Well, I guess I don't fit anywhere in there. I guess I'm, I'm none of those serve as an adequate metaphor for me for me and my approach to life. And then I realized that there's a rodeo clown. And I thought, yep. I have a feeling if I asked most people in my life which I am, they would probably say rodeo clown. And then I got thinking about it, and I was like, you know what? I I think I'm going to embrace it. I mean, I like to keep myself kind of out of the way you know I don't mind making a fool out of myself I don't care at all about how I dress and I like to think that I try to help people when they really need it maybe if I can take some of their stress away or help alleviate their problem in some way I think that's exactly what a rodeo clown does so I guess from here on out I'm going to consider myself the rodeo clown and uh, in any rodeo I'm in, which will not be the first, because this is not my first rodeo. So, all right, that went way out of control, and I apologize. Um, so I'm going to take a quick break, and um, when I get back, I have a whole bunch of sound bites and a whole bunch to talk about regarding the media's reaction to the um, election results, Democrats' reaction to the election results, particularly uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, 
Um, she was interviewed by Jake Tapper on CNN, and, and I could not, I, I missed parts of it because I was laughing so loud. She sounds to me like um, a sophomore preparing a high school debate, and somehow now she's in the House of Representatives. And good for her, I guess, but I don't really agree with her. Or actually, I don't even think she makes strong arguments. She's, But you'll see. I'll get to it. Um, I had my own personal encounter with a white, woke suburban woman. And I'll tell you about a, a, a phenomenon that I think now I understand the dynamic of. And I will share that with you. Um, it turns out that cities that defunded police are running into this strange twist of fate where they don't have enough funding to supply the a police, an adequate police force. Crazy. Who would have thought that would happen? Um... And then I want to give a congratulations to talk a little bit, little bit about the the uh, new class of GLP representatives in the House. Um, they were largely the reason why the the Republicans gained. Looks like it might be thirteen, it might be even more. Um, some of them are not finished yet. But seats in the House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi, loses in the House, and um, largely because of. Republican women, conservative women. I hope they understand, though, now they will not be counted as feminists. If they were men and liberal, then they would be feminists. But they're female Republicans, so they're not feminists. So I'll get to that and a whole bunch more after this short break. Milkman, you better stay on the balls of your hooves today because you're going to be running around. Welcome back to Sam Walking the World, episode 34. I'd like to take for a second to talk about an article that was in the Washington Post on November 7th, 2020. It's by a woman named Paulina Ferrosi. And the headline is, House Republicans owe some of their success in chipping away at the Democrat majority to women. I had to mention the Democratic majority because it is the Washington Post. But <clears throat> nevertheless, uh, 13, it looks like, up to 13 GOP women are headed to the House. Several races are still to be called. Uh, House Republican leaders have estimated that they could more than double the number of women in their caucus. They figure they could add more than a dozen to the current 13. And what strikes me about this article is two things. One is it was the only place I could find the names of these women. Thirteen women just gained what has to be argued as a high level of power and influence in the government. And I checked Google, I checked Bing, I checked Yahoo, and it was darn near impossible to find a list of these women. It was always embedded in something else that talked about whether or not Joe Biden will be able to withstand them. Not, not about these actual women and their success. I think, I think it's time feminism changed its name. Because it doesn't really make sense anymore. The, the word feminism makes it sound like it matters that you're a woman. Like being a woman is an essential part of feminism because of the prefix feminine. But I, I don't think that's the case anymore. As I've said many times, liberal men are greater, are, are better, at least thought to be better, 
feminists than actual women who happen to be Republican. So I just want to take a minute and make sure that I say some of these names because there are probably very few places that you're going to hear them. Um, Nancy Mace won a Republican, won a, a uh, House seat in South Carolina's first congressional district, Nancy Mace. Of the eight House seats, this is from the article, of the eight House seats Republican flipped in the election so far, six were won by female candidates. So this was early on before more of the um, elections got settled. Uh, a reflection of the concerted effort to elect GOP women to Congress after the election of a wave of Democrat women two years ago. Now, I'm not sure if they ran just because there were other women that were Democrats. Maybe they just wanted to run because they believe in certain values. Uh, but they had to throw that in there again. They, they're apparently they're they're accounting for why these women ran for offices because Democrat women did it two years ago. They wanted to best them, which they did. Um, let's see some more important facts in here. Um, the largest number of Republican women to serve in Congress was 25, and it was during the 109th Congress that ended in 2007. This is a smashing success story of the 2020 congressional election cycle, said Representative Elise Stefanik. She is up and coming. She, um, I, I guess, kind of debuted in the national spotlight during the impeachment hearings where she was a, a strong defender. Now, I want you to listen to this paragraph. <clears throat> Set to take the oath in January is a diverse GOP group from across the country. Like Stefanik, who emerged as one of Donald Trump's fiercest defenders during the House impeachment hearings, these newly elected Republican women are conservatives who, and this is the important part, echo Trump on a range of issues, including building a U.S.-Mexico border wall, defending gun rights, and scrapping the Affordable Care Act. That's interesting the way they say they echo Trump. It means Trump said it, they said it. That's the nature of an echo. Could it be that maybe they also believe those things? And so they believe them and Trump believes them? There's no echo? Except for inside the liberal echo chamber? Where the names of these congresswomen will probably never be spoken? And therefore never echoed. Um, another one is Michelle Fishbach, a former lieutenant governor, unseated 15-term representative Colin Peterson, uh, who was also the, the chairman of the House Agriculture Committee. Yvette Harrell, a member of the Cherokee Nation, defeated first-term Democrat Xochitl Torres-Small, I'm sure I said that name correctly, in New Mexico. Um, Cuban-American journalist Maria Elvira Salazar bested Florida Democrat Donna Shalala. Do you remember that name? She served as President Clinton's Secretary of Health and Human Services and was a clown. I don't know if you remember her, but boy, it was like her. She couldn't make her mouth work right. Not just the words. It was just, it was. it looked like she was always talking in like, like minus 50 degree weather. You know how your mouth gets really cold and you can't really move it quite right? She was a trip. She was the one who said how much she liked Eric Klapner. She must listen to him a lot. 
Um, as I said, Nancy Mace is the first woman to graduate from the Citadel. And she um, unseated Rep Representative Joe Cunningham in South Carolina. Um, the article goes on to say, it's not just Democrat women breaking glass ceilings. We broke a huge barrier Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, when the result was called in South Carolina. Mace, who's the first Republican elected to Congress from South Carolina, said in an interview, we're seeing it across the country. Republican women broke records starting early in the election cycle. There were 227 Republican women who filed to run for the, uh, for the House. 94 won their primaries according to Rutgers University. Both were record numbers, said Debbie Walsh, the center's director. So there you have it, a whole bunch of women who are no longer women, certainly not feminists, because they are now Republicans, which makes them spawn of the devil. And all they do is echo the devil, who, of course, is Donald Trump. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. Um, and then I'm going to organize my sound bites and see if Milky and I can get on the same page. And then I will be back with much, much more. Welcome back to Sam Walking in the World, episode 34. And again, happy Veterans Day. Thank you to all those who have served to protect my freedom and this Constitution, which I hold so dear. Now, moving on, let's uh, take a look at some media reaction to the current political landscape. It's, and I'm going to preface it with this. It is as though they don't remember things that they themselves said. You know, it would be different if it was like a high school and, and they were spreading gossip around and they could claim that they didn't say something when the reckoning ended up coming. But this is a world where literally everything is recorded. And, I, and the only the only conclusion I can draw is that they either believe that you're going to give them a pass on it, or they think their explanations satisfy you in in the sense that they they absolve themselves of their hypocrisy, or none of it matters to you, and you just want your team to win. <clears throat> and um, some of this stuff, it just is it's un unbelievable. So I'm going to start out my my uh, list of sound bites here with um, Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg, everybody's favorite moron. It's I, I, there's almost no thought in her opinions. It's all how she feels about something, or an outcome that she wants, and all of it is driven by this, what she believes to be the sense that America has, where we think things are generally unfair, where people don't generally have a shot if they're willing to work hard and do their part. <clears throat> um, this is one of the most successful entertainers in the world, claiming that especially people of color don't have a shot. But her political analysis, and now I'm thinking to myself, I'm not a political analyst per se. I don't get paid for it yet. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not, I, I mean, I, I don't know how anyone claims to be an expert on any of this except for what what um, response they get from people that they're trying to make their claims to. <clears throat> Sorry, to whom they're trying to make their claims. Sorry for clearing my throat so much. I'm dry. Swallowed a bunch of pool water, too. Um, so, anyway, Whoopi Goldberg is telling us how we need to suck it up. I'm sure you've heard this by now. Um, my audience, I'm sure, has heard this by now. 
Um, and it, it gave me a little bit of pain in my stomach. And I almost threw up in my mouth when I heard her say this because I have been paying attention. And I do remember the last four years. And I am alive. So this is Whoopi Goldberg on The View just a few days ago telling us to suck it up. Now, I just I want to bring something up right now. I want to say to all those people who don't believe that Americans actually got out and voted, let me say this to you. When you know who was elected four years ago, you know, Hillary Clinton didn't say, hey, wait a minute, this doesn't feel right. Stop the count. She didn't say, this isn't right. I'm not going for it. She didn't say any of that. So all of you, suck it up. Suck it up like we sucked it up. Now, because I have a working memory and I'm alive, I recall um, some things that maybe Whoopi has forgotten. Now, uh, she tells us that um, Hillary didn't do any of that. She didn't say any of that. So, you know, let's, um, let's take a quick listen to Hillary Clinton. Uh, this is only one year ago. I believe he knows he's an illegitimate president. He knows. He knows that there were a bunch of different reasons why the election turned out the way it did. And I take responsibility for those parts of it that what are I they? should. What are they? It's like applying for a job and getting 66 million letters of uh, recommendation and losing to a corrupt human tornado. And so I know that he knows that this wasn't on the level. I don't know that we'll ever know everything that happened, but clearly we know a lot and are learning more every day. And history will probably sort it all out. So, of course, he's obsessed with me. And I believe that it's a guilty conscience in so much as he has a conscience. Whoops, Whoopi. You might not remember that, but we do. And at least we're not name-calling, right? Or do you sense some, an air of unity there? A call to come together? And in her description there of Donald Trump, I guess he's exempted from that. We have to come together and not name call anyone except for Donald Trump, you know, the leader of your political opposition. It's okay to demonize those people because they're the devil. I mean, why wouldn't you demonize the devil? That's okay. And it's understood by all of us that he's the devil. It isn't like there's exactly half the country that believe in his policies, if not the person himself. And so I want you to now enjoy with me Hillary's ringing endorsement of Joe Biden and my kind of feelings about it as it goes along. As Michelle Obama and Bernie Sanders warned us, oh, if great Trump references. is reelected, things will get even worse. That's why we need unity now more than ever. Did that sound like a very uniting message? It gets worse. Remember back in 2016 when Trump asked, what do you have to lose? Well, now we know. Our health care, our jobs, our loved ones. Um, I still have my job, my health care, and my loved ones. Um, I know a lot of people lost people close to them during COVID. Um, but again, that's COVID, not Trump. Somehow they've become synonymous. Our leadership in the world and even our post office. Now, I mailed something yesterday. And I also got something in the mail yesterday. So, 
I don't know what she's talking about there. But let's set our sights higher than getting one man out of the White House. Is there anything really higher than that? Is there anything really other than that? Listen to this diatribe of things that Joe Biden is going to do that, if I'm not mistaken, Donald Trump has done before COVID. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are going to give us so much to vote for. Let's vote for the jobs that Joe's plan will create. How about the jobs Donald Trump created and is beginning to create, if, if it's true that the president even creates jobs, but creates a climate in which jobs, job numbers can go up. I, I feel like we're living in two realities. How can you possibly challenge Donald Trump on job creation and with a plan, not with something that's already been done and worked, but with a plan? That has been tried many times before and doesn't work. Clean energy jobs to fight climate change. Care Can you say Solyndra? It doesn't make sense to pour government money into technologies that are not yet marketable, holding them afloat only by, by supplying them an endless amount of money. It ends up being money wasted, and then those companies end up folding, as did so many giving jobs with living wages vote for emergency relief that lifts small businesses and saves hard-working people from foreclosures and evictions i don't know if i'm living again in another reality but i seem to remember i think three times people were given checks and that businesses were given uh, paycheck um support I, I, the only stimulus package that was held up was the last one, and it was held up by Nancy Pelosi. I, I, it's like they their television only gives them information they want, which it probably does, because they're probably listening to MSNBC, CNN, ABC, CBS, CNN, etc. But it gets worse. It's wrong that billionaires got 400 billion dollars richer during the pandemic while millions lost their $600 a week in extra like Jeff Bezos Jeff Bezos is a billionaire that got even richer I think he's a Democrat as is Dorsey from Twitter for unemployment vote for the parents and teachers struggling to balance children's education and safety I didn't know they were on the ticket and for healthcare workers fighting COVID-19 with little help from the White House. What? What? I, how did you not see the two gigantic white ships that pulled up on both coasts? How did you not see um, hospitals being built? I mean, so many hospitals were built that those ships ended up not even being filled. Seriously. You, you have to already want to believe it in order for you to consume this without throwing up. I have my barf bag right here next to me. Vote for paid family leave and health care for everyone. She means pay for health care for everyone. She said, I think she said vote for health care for everyone. I think what she really means is pay for it. For Social Security, Medicare, and Planned Parenthood. 
more abortions. Vote for more abortions. More late-term abortions. More two days before the birth abortions. More live abortions. That's what Planned Parenthood is. Planned Parenthood is unplanned Planned Parenthood. Actually, it should be called unplanned pregnancy. That, that should be the name of Planned Parenthood. And their families. Vote for law enforcement purged of racial bias that keeps all our streets safe. Oh my holy God. Purged of racial bias. That's so unifying, isn't it? Doesn't it make you want to sign up to be a cop? Doesn't it want to, doesn't it want to make you um, respect and admire your cops? Hmm. And then it, it, it ends up ending where it always does. Vote for justice for George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Arbery. Because it is ridiculous to place those three names together. I don't know anyone who disagrees with how wrong it was what happened to George Floyd. I don't know a single person arguing to the contrary. And that cop is facing justice now. But the other two were legal shootings, justified shootings. If you still don't have enough information to know that, it's because you're not looking. But to paint law enforcement as a whole, as a, with a broad brush of racial bias because of a number of instances that are so small that they are a, a, a piece of sand in the desert. Not that they're not important. But to judge the system by those examples, if you if you have information and, and know what you're talking about, then you know that's ridiculous. Especially if you're a cop. Black lives matter. Vote for honest elections so we, not a foreign adversary, choose our president. Are you kidding me? This is only one year ago. So for the last three years... She's over the last three years, she has held on to the idea that she's supposed to be president. And the, here's the irony of it. The whole Russia collusion thing began beca because her campaign paid to have false information generated, misinformation. And then they laundered it through the intelligence community and got it into the papers. And then a, a, a supposed investigation was justified by Jim Comey. They got FISA warrants illegally, and that was how they got information that really didn't mean anything, but the story was already out there, and that's what she needed. This is literally full circle. Hillary Clinton took a piece of crap and put it inside of a paper bag, and she, and she pushed it out into the water, and it went all the way around the lake and then came all the way back to her. Vote for the diverse hopeful America we saw in last night's roll call. Diversity is not our strength. It's a good thing, but it should not be placed above competence and merit and honesty. And don't forget, Joe and Kamala can win by three million votes and still lose. Like, happen like what happened to me. Stupid electoral college. They should have gone by the popular vote. Stupid constitution. 
take it from me. So we need numbers overwhelming. So Trump can't sneak or steal his way to victory. Again. She means again. It's in parentheses. Vote. Vote again. Vote seven times. Vote seven times, seven days late. Text vote. 30330 to get started. Oh, she said it right. She's got that on, on Biden. An unreal. Unbelievable. Oh, I have to take a break. Thank you for being so quick on the mic, Milky. Um, after this, I will um, share with you a little bit of Joe Biden's, um, I guess, pseudo acceptance speech. Um, even though. Donald Trump hasn't conceded yet. We're not even sure how this all is going to turn out, but the election is over. You'll find out. Joe Biden will tell you that in a second, uh, along with my comments about it. With that, I'll be right back. Welcome back to Sam Walking in the World, episode 34. I hope you all have your vomit bags ready. I have not had to use mine yet, but Milky is puking his guts out out there. The whole studio smells like hay. But he's cleaning, you're cleaning it up, right? Yeah, he's cleaning it up right now. Um, so let me move on a little bit uh, and, and share some of Joe Biden sound with you. This is his quote-unquote acceptance speech um, where he says pretty much what everyone always says when they um, believe that they've won an election after having done none of what they say before it. You'll understand what I mean as you listen with me. Decency and science. Where are the forces of decency? Where are the forces of fairness? How will we marshal them? And the forces of hope and the great battles of our time. The battle to control the virus. The battle to build prosperity. The battle to secure your family's health care, the battle to achieve racial justice and root out systemic racism in this country. This is where I don't understand it. Root out systemic injustice in this country. <clears throat> systemic means the system. When I think of rooting something out, I find spots that are that are, have something wrong going on and I I remove them, like by the root. It doesn't sound to me like he's talking about things here and there. He's talking about the system. Does he want to pull the system out by its root? Because I think that's what they mean when they say it, and I'm not sure he knows what they mean. He is the top of the system right now. Rooting out systemic injustice means rooting out Joe Biden. The battle to save our planet by getting climate under control. The battle to restore decency, defend democracy, and give everybody in this country 
A fair shot. That's all they're asking for. A fair shot. Were they not getting one? Um, <clears throat> somebody needs to tell him that it's never going to be gotten under control. What's going to happen is there's going to be a vaccine and then the virus is going to go away. On Monday, I will name a group of leading scientists and experts as transition advisors to help take the Biden-Harris COVID plan and convert it into an action blueprint. That will start on January the 20th, 2021. I can't wait to see what's in it. I can't wait to see what's in it. Shouldn't it be obvious to him what he plans on doing because he knows what Trump is doing is wrong? Whenever I'm watching somebody do something wrong, what's going through my mind is what I would do differently. So far, all I've heard from Joe Biden is the same exact things that Trump would do. I, 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 I hope people hear that. That plan will be built on bedrock science. Bedrock science. That's what it's going to be built on. Because you know the best science is, is the lowest. You got to go through layers of, of uh, other kinds of science that are, <clears throat> I suppose, faulty until you get down to the bedrock science. The deep, deep, deep stuff. He's digging all right. It'll be constructed out of compassion, empathy, and concern. The bedrock science is built out of empathy, compassion, and I don't even remember what it said after that. I will spare no effort, none, or any commitment to turn around this pandemic. Oh, my Lord. And now I've done it. I need to take a minute and, and replace my vomit bag. I will be right back after these messages. Welcome back to Sam Walking in the World. Again, happy Veterans Day. And um, let's see. Uh, as I was saying, now that the devil has been defeated, it is time for us to all unite and not name call. <laughs> And th these clips are going to be fun. I think you'll be laughing too hard to throw up, um, but have your bag ready just in case. Um, Jake Tapper was interviewing uh, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I'm going to practice saying it. Um, on CNN. And he asked her about how, because the country is still split, um, even though we, we, we need to unite, but as of now, Republicans control the Senate, and it looks like they may continue to control it in the event that they do. Um, what will he's asking? He asked her what, what her approach will be to, to working with the Republicans, reaching across the aisle, working together, cooperating, as Joe Biden said. Um, and and it's, it's extremely telling. Have a, have a listen to this. Biden is planning a wave of executive orders to roll back some of Trump's policies once he takes office on everything uh, from climate to the so-called Muslim ban. 
Um, as of now, however, it looks as though Republicans, at least until January, will hold control of the Senate. Um, that's going to complicate your desire and the desire of other progressives for, for bold, sweeping, progressive legislation. I mean, theoretically, you can pass anything you want in the House, but it doesn't matter if it goes to die in the Senate. How are you going to negotiate that? Are you going to work with um, more moderate Senate Republicans to try to pass something in the House that can get through the Senate? Well, I'm going to be spending my next couple of months doing everything that I can to extend help and um, offer support to the work of, of fantastic leaders that we just heard from, like Stacey Abrams, to make sure that we don't have a Republican Senate majority, that we win these races in Georgia, that we secure a, a Democratic a Senate majority so that we don't have to um, negotiate in that way. <laughs> I, I have to give Jake Tapper credit for at least asking him the question. What will you do if you actually have to cooperate with the other side? She can't even fathom it. She can't even fathom it. In the event that the, the Senate is held by Republicans, I'll try to... She can't even fathom it. She, her, her only reality exists in which she and the Democrats have complete control. Meaning that they're going to win those two Georgia races and, and this whole question of cooperating will be moot. But we need unity now more than ever, according to old Joe. Now, it's understandable why there is a, a growing schism in the, in the Democrat Party. Because this woman appears to not even understand how it works. She, I swear, like I said, she reminds me of a sophomore at a, at a high school debate. Um... And, and she said she was even thinking about not running this time because of how poorly she's being treated by the leadership in the Democratic Party. And and with that, Jake Tapper, um, he he kind of pushes around that. And in response to uh, Abigail Spanberger's statement about how, how, on a conference call, if you haven't heard it, it's the the sound is too um, staticky for me to play here, but. It, it, on a conference call, um, Representative Spanberger was talking about how the reason they got their butts kicked in the House is because everyone had to defend things. All the all of their candidates had to defend things like socialism and defund the police. And and it it just isn't a good sell. And and she, it's as though they didn't just lose seats in the House because of how far, how far left leaning they were. And he, he, Jake Tapper, again, i got to give him credit, he questions her about it and says, well, what's going on here with, with the way that you're, you're being referred to as too extreme in your, in your caucus? And uh, I'm just wondering how, how you're going to respond to that. And um, just take a listen to this. I'm sorry, the sound of this conference call is a little bit grainy because it is a conference call. But nevertheless, I, I want you to hear all of it. I want to play something that Virginia Congresswoman Abigail Spanberger said on a conference call of House Democrats uh, this week that you, I'm sure, heard what as it happened live. Take a listen. Why is she wrong? 
So, you know, first and foremost, I want to acknowledge that so many of, I acknowledge, first of all, just the, the really hard fight that a lot of our swing district members um, had. And it, it is not to deny that Republicans levied very effective uh, rhetorical attacks against our party. That, I believe, is, is absolutely true. But I think one of the things that's very important is that is to realize that very effective Republican attacks are going to happen every cycle. Republican attacks? Republican attacks. She said it three times in that 30-second soundbite when the question she was asked was about how her own caucus is saying that that part of the, the Democratic Party is going too far to the left socialism and, and defund the police. She's blaming that on Republican attacks. Republicans are misrepresenting defund the police. Republicans are misrepresenting socialism. She says the word socialism. She, she basically believes in complete government control of everything. All she needs to do is shore up the Senate and then she's going to have it. And then they'll be able to implement the so much needed socialism, except that even those in her own party are saying no. And all she can do is, is say that she understands how they feel that they had some close fought races. That wasn't even the question. It's, it's like it bounces right off of her head. It is thick. I got to give it to her. It's pretty thick. But oh on. Oh, my God. But you know what? I'm glad she's there. I'm really glad she's there. And I said in a few a few episodes ago, is that I want them to get a chance to drive the car they bought with that woman right there at the driver's seat. She's going to the, – the whole rest of the Democratic Party are going to be in the back seat reaching for the steering wheel. And she's going to be screaming and biting their hands as it goes into a ditch. Oh, man, that felt good. And you know what? I, I'm thinking I'm going to save my experience with the white, woke, suburban woman for my next episode. It is very good, but it's a little bit long. And so um, I will save that for next time, and I promise you'll be looking forward to that. So without further ado, thank you again for listening. It has been a pleasure, and I will see you again soon.